That segment was brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast just as great as this in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You know, we're sponsored by Anchor. That's not a surprise. Go download it today. Episode 14, y'all, on the books after an interview with Connor Cacciatolo. What a guy. Met him at Marquette. Just a spectacular human being. Always brings the positivity, no matter the circumstances. An update with Washed Up itself. We got a podcast cover photo. Compliments to Abe Rubinowitz for drawing that up for us. Brady looks spectacular. I look spectacular. Brez looks spectacular. All the way around, we just look real good. Now, I hadn't seen Connor in a while, so it was a lot of fun to get to talk to him. So welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. Let's get it! You can come get me. Hell yeah, that's the good sound we need. Hey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Washed Up. Today we are blessed with the appearance of just a spectacular all-around human being, a beautiful man with great facial hair and even better hair on top of it. Everybody, welcome Connor Cacciatolo. Let's go. What's up, guys? Thank you very much for having me on. Fire the fuck up, dude. It's great to have you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Good to see you guys, even though virtually. You know, this this is beautiful. You guys, all three of you. Oh, quit it. We dialed up just a little bit for you. I took yeah. a shower today. <laughs> I don't deserve you. Can we end Damn, this? Let's turn this off. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it. We're done. Brady showered. Everybody fold in. <laughs> Um, all right, Connor. So let's get to the point. How tall are you? Oh man. Uh, if you were a woman, I would say five, eight. Perfect. But since you're not a woman, at least the last time we've checked, I'm five, <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> it's, I love the half. I love the half. It's a, yeah, it, it's exactly. a big deal because pretty soon I'm going to shrink to five, seven and I won't get to say that half anymore. And you know what? I want to round up while I can. Hey, well, hey, dude, when I put it when I put it in the description, you're five ten, so don't even worry about oh, good. it. Never mind. At least five ten. Yeah. Yeah. We can edit this out later. Yeah, absolutely. If you asked me and we were all together, I'd say six two. Yeah. Fuck it. You're sitting down right now and you look at least six two. Yeah. That's, a, that's my angle. That's my, my video chat angle. I like to do that so then my you know, my boss thinks I'm I'm just like I'm, I'm towering over him. I'm in charge, <laughs> not him. He's in charge. Oh man! All right. So being five seven and a half, this next question is ob- an obvious answer. You have dunked before, right? I mean, obvious. Like, All right. Like, 
do we not did we not all have Nerf basketball hoops back in the day? <laughs> Obviously, I was dunking not only dunking but dunking over people. Right, your boss dunking over your boss. Yeah, oh, terrorizing the neighborhood kids. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was a whole whole phase of my life. But uh, as in real hoop, uh, no. Net is, uh, <laughs> net is best. <laughs> That's it. So um, we kind of – I didn't really know if you had gotten to an athletic peak. So would you consider yourself to be washed up? I would. And uh, let me explain. Please do. <laughs> so I would say yes in terms of uh, the more athletic – sports i would say like uh maybe more cardio focused sports uh you know killer back in the day high school intramurals i mean there's video footage out there on facebook of a game tying double overtime three-pointer wow this is all just hearsay but if you ask me about like beer league softball golf yeah i mean i think i'm hitting my stride right thank you that's the whole point of this brand this podcast this mindset of being washed up is that you started your whole life thinking i'm going pro meaning like the mlb or the nba or anything like that but once you become washed up you're now now your professional levels are just internal you're like how can i be the best softball player the most average golfer I can be like how can I not embarrass myself in these mm-hmm. games that I haven't played since growing up you're your washed up ability when you're podcasting and having Monday beers oh 100% spotted cows are like a whole new level though that's some good shit Brady I know oh, I only man. have one I'm pissed oh, I yeah. wish. can you guys send me out a case because I am deep I cannot get that booze out here and it's a tragedy. I mean, I am I'm thirsty out here. Let's just say quick, that. Quick second right here real quick. I have to make a confession. I got these the last time I was up in Wisconsin, which was like two weeks ago, and it was the first time that I had a spotty cow. Twenty three years old. What now? What? I, I had to say it. I don't lie. Everybody knows that. Everybody does know that. That's kinda That's disappointing, Brady. It's a, I was fucking disappointed. What do you mean? It's not being <laughs> selfish. Well, no, hold on here. I'm a little jealous because now he is starting his spotted cow journey mm-hmm. right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, ugh, if That's I could facts. go back. If I could go back, I mean, yeah, if I could go need back a longer and, podcast. Right. If I could go back and experience my first spotted cow, I definitely wouldn't have later blacked out that night. That's for yes. sure. Yeah, I would have had a nice steak at Moe's, you know, uh-huh. a little garnish on the side. Yep. And so, maybe a little, uh, you know, wine with my beer. You know what I'm saying? You what? said garnish, but you mean salad. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Uh, Moe's fresh <laughs> toss salad on my burger. Yeah, you know, a fresh toss never hurt anybody. So for the listeners who don't know, Connor and I went to Marquette. Yes. He finished. I did not. Mm. Um, but anybody's I, race, though. Anybody's it, race. I, I, I feel like I jolted out to a real good head start. And then I – it was a rabbit versus a turtle kind of thing. I was about to say it. You, were the, you, are the, you are the hare. I'm the tortoise. Yep. 
Yep, you got the actual uh, jargon down for that saying, and I just said turtle. And yeah. I like turtles. Yeah, I like turtles. Um, I like turtles. But, but Connor, I think correct me if I'm wrong. That Marquette is where we met, even though we didn't grow up too far apart. Correct. Yeah, we met at Marquette in a comm class. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were sitting next to each other. Excuse me, in the rows and. I think we were making some side comments to each other out of the literal side of our mouths because, you know, she, I forget who the teacher was, but she was cracking the whip. Yeah. So we had to be very subtle with our comments. And I think that just led to us smoking one day together in <laughs> my parking lot. And uh, I think after that smoke session, you know, the rest is history. I mean, we buckled up and didn't drive anywhere, Pat. <laughs> You guys are the you are the two guys in the classroom where if one of you was by themselves, you would be the guys making side comments, looking around for everybody to laugh, and then that's yeah. all the people in the class are taking it seriously, like yeah. with this guy. Yeah. Then you guys uh, fucking locked eyes, and you're like, "I've been waiting for you, yeah. <laughs> dude." I think I think what it was um, was I my dad had given me um, a baseball or like a, a hat that said uh, Evan Scholars on it, and oh. Yes. Connor, if you want to elaborate on the Evan Scholars for us. Yes, I'll tightly uh, elaborate real quick. It's it, the Evan Scholarship is a full-ride scholarship to uh, certain colleges. I believe there's uh, 14 to 16 colleges across the country. And it is for caddies exclusively. You have to do you know two years uh, plus caddying with a good caddy record. You need financial need. And then you need to write a badass essay and also be in some extracurriculars, you know, be involved. Uh, and it's a fabulous scholarship. Fabulous. Uh, and we had a cool, pretty cool house at Marquette, although it was dry. It was a dry house at Marquette, which was, which was tough. Hence the parking lot shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was just the poser who got a hat from his dad and just took all <laughs> the credit away. Pat, I never told you, but I actually saw you before that class with the hat on, and I only took that class to try and kill you. But <laughs> that got nervous because he walked in with the Evan Scholars hat, and Connor walked in with the Midway's Finest hat. On. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be that guy. Tracks, <laughs> but that was that was one of the most outrageous things because I got yeah, that was when I was smoking a lot of weed and you were like hey do you want to like i don't know maybe smoke a bowl and like hey, before you even finished the sentence i was like yes yes doesn't and, matter like, what. <laughs> and you're like all right like does this time does any time this week work and i was like how about right after class <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is there a way we can leave class right now and go I said to- well i'm heading home uh follow me home. And well, you know, I've only said that phrase a few times in my life, but I think that was the best result when I said it to you. Yeah. But we did, we got in the car, we started chatting a little bit and I think I preemptively put on my seatbelt cause that's just kind of what you do. It's what you do. And, and then, and then we didn't, we didn't move right away. And so I like unbuckled it and then we started talking, started smoking and the next thing you know, we both put it back on like we're fuck, like we're about to leave. And yeah. then when we like 20 minutes later, like five minutes later, whatever it was, we're like getting out to leave, get out of the car and we're looked down. We're like, 
<laughs> Why the fuck did we both buckle? <laughs> like, we didn't say we were driving anywhere. <laughs> Why are we buckled? I also love the fact that you said like 20 minutes later, I mean, probably five minutes later, that's such a like stoner's version of time. And so like, yeah, it was like 20 minutes, five, five minutes later. Yeah, it had, it was somewhere in there. It could have been a week. I, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I think that was, it started there. And then uh, we both tried out for the improv troupe at, at school together. And oh boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. How is it possible that two guys that were smoking the first week of school, one ends up not finishing and now one lives in L.A.? Who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, it's a coin toss, really. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have predicted it. That's for sure. <laughs> There's only two ways that story goes. It's either moving back home with your parents or flying out to L.A. <laughs> There's no in-between. And for anybody who doesn't know me, I dropped out of college twice, so don't ever think that's a dick. <laughs> you flipped the coin twice and both times, tails, huh? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> tails never fails, what they say. That's what they say. Um, but I was surprised to – Brady, how, how did you and Connor – so I actually met Connor when I was in like eighth grade because Yeah, this is wild actually. My uh my older brother Dylan and one of Connor's childhood friends, Dan Kinsley, were best friends in high school. Yeah. And that's how I met Connor. And then still at that time, Connor was already himself. Everybody knew where he was going, <laughs> fucking doing impersonations of people. And I was like does this guy have multiple personality disease or whatever like that? And <laughs> I never like, it makes it sound bad, but I swear to God, I've never laughed harder in my entire life. And Dan Kinsley's dad, Mr. Kinsley, fucking greatest dude in the world. Not a, mean, not, a, not a mean person at all. But like, if you're going to get him to laugh, you're like, Oh hell yeah. I, I had a joke that got him to laugh. Every single time Connor was around, he made Mr. Kinsley laugh. And I was like, okay, this guy is fucking funny. I, uh, dude, it's so funny. Thank, first of all, thank you. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> second of all, blessing, it's so blessing. funny you, you talk about the multiple personalities because yeah. I remember Ailey Renahan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was buying every second of it. Oh, God. Dude, it was fucking awesome. And every time I saw Connor after that, I was that little fucking freshman kid after yeah. I saw him. Like, dude, do the voice. Do the voice. Do the voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that is wild. Yeah, that I forgot. That is that is how we met. I met your brother. How's your brother doing? He's doing good? Oh, fuck him. <laughs> uh, just, you know, I was I was just with him all weekend in uh, Iowa, and uh, nice. if you follow our Instagram, I did a Midwest tour, but also I had to kind of bail on it because Saturday was like 97 degrees, and I have a mild dehydration problem, so <laughs> um, I actually thought I died clinically, and um, then I came back to life. And they were like, all the, our whole team was like, are you going to be able to play the seven o'clock game? And I'm like, whether we win or lose this game, I'm going to be drinking until two in the morning. So if I don't play, I'm a puss. <laughs> so I went out there Straight and I started up. Straight so up. That oh, get washed up after playing two fucking 60 hit softball games where I played third base and rarely move it. And I thought I was clinically dead. And I don't know what is. 
<laughs> I love the, I love that you have to add clinically before death. <laughs> yeah. I Dude, actually don't really know what that means, but I'm pretty sure I heard someone say it about Little Wayne before because he had like a seizure and was like cl- clinically dead or something like that because he wasn't actually dead oh no i remember that when he was he like canceled yeah the dude like the he like od'd on some shit and his heart stopped for a minute he was like pronounced dead or whatever okay last, yeah. last little uh tangent off topic he is um in the new what's poppin remix and he he closed it which means he's the goat because he fucking haven't heard anything about him in a while and he starts off the verse by saying what's bracken and that's the coolest thing i've ever heard in my entire life (laughs) now watch this transition connor (laughs) (laughs) what's bracken you know what i'm saying (laughs) oh man talk to me baby i had to tell something you got a what I had to tell someone that. I know. And you just told 25 people. 26. 26 people. Connor's here. Um, so, Connor, um, your, your travels from Marquette led you to doing a little comedy with me before your eventual move to L.A. Um, what went into that decision to kind of bite the bullet and just go out to L.A.? Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, not something I had on my mind pretty much my whole time being at Marquette. It's pretty crazy that this all happened this way. Um, My mind changed, though, around October, November, senior year, when I received an email from our college communications that they were starting this trip out to L.A. Like, they were starting this brand-new trip where they're sending six kids out to – network with alums that have already made it a little bit and then also do a bunch of cool shit in LA. So, and it was a free application. It's like, if you want to do anything in this major industry, whatever it is, um, there's no reason to not apply. And so I went with that. I went to like a collectivo for three hours and just cranked out a badass essay and I got on the trip and I'm a big believer in you know omens like seeing like fuck that's a like that's a sign why the hell did that just happen like the first year they were doing their trip to LA is my senior year where I'm eligible so got in went to it and made the most of the trip and came back with about eight people I could reach out to and after that my mind was kind of set because that was my whole thing was you know financially I could do this now because of the Evans so thankful but now I had the other half of the equation, which was people to reach out to for a job, which, you know, I didn't know any, I knew maybe two people out here, uh, mostly like assistants, you know, like lower level stuff. So I, I knew nobody coming into this trip, coming into moving here, uh, minus those, you know, eight people I met. So, uh, that really changed things. Once I started to see like, Oh, this is like possible. I decided to just kind of go with it, you know, leave right after graduating, did a little summer at home, uh, traveled a little bit, said goodbyes, and uh, kind of hit the ground running in August. That's awesome. That's I awesome. have a quick question, maybe assuming things here again. But yeah. um, do you think you are the first Evans Scholar ever to move out to L.A. and um, uh, fucking go on with a uh, trying to find a job in media? In, sure. Like, Stuff like that, and the comedy and stuff like that. Because yeah, like you, yeah. when you think of like an Evan Scholar, you think of like business or, you know, something like that. Always is usually. Uh, yeah. If you look at most of, if you look at like our graduating class from Marquette from that house, 
uh, I would say it's either sciences, engineering, or, uh, sorry, what'd you say? Business. <laughs> Business. Yeah, it's one of the three. It's one of those three. Uh, I will say there's a small pool of Evans scholars out here. Um, and then a smaller pool in the entertainment industry. But in terms of like my specific track of like kind of going into scripted TV, scripted movies, uh, there's really not a lot. There's only like one or two. And um, they weren't technically in the kind of realm where I was looking for at the time. So I didn't end up like, I, I haven't reached out to any of these guys yet. But I know there are a couple out there that are still doing it. So I kind of just keep myself updated with these guys. Um, but there's like, you would be surprised at how many uh, have moved out here um, from all the schools. I mean, obviously it's like LA, you know, hey, sunny, year round, great. Right. But I mean, it's still LA and it's a tough place to try and kind of start from scratch. So uh, there's actually quite a few Evans out here, but in terms of what you said, entertainment industry, very few, very few. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just kind of patting you on the back, giving you like, it's a little bit harder to fucking be in Evans and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm an Evans scholar. I'm moving out to LA to um, go to entertainment. What? Totally. No. And I, and I'm like also a little conflicted cause it's like now we're in this pandemic uh, unemployment period and I'm like tempted to like, reach yeah. out to golf courses and be like, Hey, yes. caddied for six plus years. I am an Evans. I don't know if you know what that is, but this is what it is. I know a buddy that I went to Marquette with in the house who has moved out here. He's like the only other one that is, uh, like my age group, uh, that I would know more like closely. Uh, he moved out here selling medical equipment. And then once that hit a lull, he just called up a course, gave him a story and he's been doing it part time at Bel Air country club now. Oh shit. That that's what's awesome about it. It's just like I mean, you hear about how if you try and tell a kid that like, hey, go out and caddy, you'll make good money. It still in their head they're like you hear about the grueling hours of fucking sixteen hour days where you might not even get a bag, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's awesome. I mean, you got you got a whole bag of tricks out there that you can go in and get and that's awesome. I will say the Bel Air Beach Club is the like bougiest place I've ever been to in my life. Oh, I believe it. It's yeah. That when he said he was caddying there, I'm like, are you like, what? Very, like so casual about it. And, yeah. and you know, from there on, you know, I heard from him saying like, yeah, I was caddying for Doc Rivers the other day and mm-hmm. caddying for the president of RCA uh, records. Like, just like, I'm just, Evan, oh, no big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very casual. He actually, I got to go to Lakers bulls out here because he got tickets from around and he couldn't go because his work was sending him like an hour away. So I was like, oh, and the Bulls won by 40. <laughs> it was a great game because it was <laughs> shitty Bulls. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Bulls ended up being shittier. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. probably were competing until the fourth quarter, and then Jim Boylan called a timeout and took everybody <laughs> out. Lost. Yeah, with like six seconds left, Levine's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? What are you doing? How funny would it be to just like – have that path and then make it back to Bel Air and just be so naive at the fact of like, who's going to walk through the gate today. And then you like, you pick up this bag and like you scuff it and you're like, Oh, that's fine. And then the guy brings his clubs back and it turns out it's fucking doc rivers. And he's like, where the fuck is my bag? Fucking scuffed. (laughs) Like doc rivers is sweaty and like screaming at you and pointing 
like who who are you pelicans yeah (laughs) talking about like lifestyles transitioning into then to bel-air doc rivers is a fucking kid from around here who went to proviso east and now he's golfing like a solid team like what a life championship with may go down as one of the best basketball teams assembled one of don't don't get crazy one of one 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 of of course um brady i don't want to take your question because i think it's hilarious and i want you to deliver it so oh yeah (laughs) um so i was gonna ask you um when you moved out there did california become you or did you become california (laughs) (laughs) you know it's really funny uh you're gonna hate the answer but it's a little both because so, like, obviously, I still keep my Chicago roots uh, very hardcore here. Oh, yeah, you have a beautiful uh, shirt on right now. Yeah, dude, like, that that mindset of just, you know, like, kind of can do, but you're not an asshole about it, and, like... Sometimes uh, you're an asshole about it. I mean, you got to be stern. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like, I, t- I took, like, the Chicago mindset and Chicago hometown, because I, I say this in every networking meeting, every whatever meeting, talk, virtual, bullshit, whatever. I say this every time. uh, I always plan on returning to Chicago. Like that's, that's, that's in my plan. uh, Whether that's splitting time between here and there, hopefully someplace else. Uh, (laughs) Or if it's just coming back and being able to do what I'm doing here, there. Um, I always have the plan to come back so i definitely don't think you're taking chicago out of me but uh in terms of uh california oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i've learned how to say acai properly that's <laughs> okay that actually answers the question it's not 50 50 anymore <laughs> no, right, has become you and you're yeah. lost you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh i start i say words differently now all the like half the streets out here are all backwards you know uh, it's it's rodeo not rodeo like what the fuck man uh <laughs> you know there's a there's a town south of la called san pedro spelled san pedro like Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, have you been to Laguna Niguel? <laughs> oh, no. It's spelled Laguna Nigel. And I said it and got fucking roasted. <laughs> I believe that. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because, like, I had, I had buddies visiting, and they were like, yo, so we're taking, we went to, we went to Catalina. Oh, God. Hi, how you doing? Oh, God, I'm so sorry phones people bring them on bring them on that's my producer he's telling me i lost my job (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah i had buddies in town and we went to catalina island for the weekend and uh casual uh and and just the delight of me waiting to hear them say it but i was you know i was ready to correct them but in a nice way i'm not an asshole because i know they were going to say san pedro and they sure did and they, I, the, 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 the satisfaction of him looking it up and not believing me yeah. and then finding out that that's actually how backwards this fucking place is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty great. So, uh, I would say it's a little bit of both, uh, cause there are, there's shades of, you know, I, I, there's West coast that you can't take out of me now. Like, right. Like, yeah. right. I can't hate that answer because I spent three whole days in La Jolla, 
uh, like San Diego, talk about bougie land USA. And I'm not going to lie. I did not want to come home. Right. Agreed. Uh, It's tough. I mean, it's just like you're fucking beautiful out there. Yeah. And and when you're next to the ocean, doesn't matter how hot it is, that breeze. Yeah, that's why I, I can't hate it. That's why I tried to put you in a little sticky situation there, which I think I got out of you. But I yeah. mean, a little diversity never hurt anybody. I think I can get you into another little sticky situation. How So how long have you been in California? Coming up on my third full year, August 20th. Great. Wow. So at what time did you stop being a tourist? Great question, actually. I do know this answer. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's about like a couple months, honestly. Like you, you, like the first month, two months, uh, it's surreal. You're like driving to places like doing normal errands and you're like, oh, I got to take Sunset. I got to take Hollywood Boulevard. It's like, right. oh, casual. Because I did my first year I lived here, I lived on the east side of Hollywood. So I, was, I actually lived a block off of Hollywood Boulevard. So... Uh, everywhere I was going was like, Oh, it's these things you hear in songs or these things you hear in like movies. And right. Right. It's all surreal. But then it starts to like, Oh, you still got to find a job. And you got to like, once you start yeah. working, like, then right. you're like, oh, shit, I'm just working a job in a nicer place. Or right. you know, like it's, it, it you do kind of come to realize like, let's say this, like the sunset and palm trees, like, totally desensitized that now like driving around like i don't once in a while i'll catch myself going damn that's beautiful like (laughs) or something but like that's a nice kind of like fuck this guy in front of me won't move like get out of my lane let's do it oh by the way there's a mountain and a cliffside right there but move yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so and no that's a great question because i think everybody out here does know when that stops because you do have that surrealness right away and it kind of wanes on you pending like when you start working and like when you, you know, things start to pick up or you stop caring only about that it's not vacation <clears throat> right when you wake up anymore right mm-hmm. you're just like fuck i am late and i gotta get there <laughs> right <laughs> sun's hot that's cool gotta go <laughs> yeah. sorry boss i'm late i don't want to hear sorry i don't give a fuck anymore yeah, five yeah. minutes late I don't care about your Chicago pizza. (laughs) That's one of the quick questions. Like, does everybody, probably not anymore, but still be like, you have such a bad accent, dude. Say hot dog. (laughs) Hey, hot dog. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hot hot dog. Sausage is the one that gets me out here. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's the A's. It's like the long A's or short A's. Ah, I don't fucking know. White Sox. Ah, ah. That's that. Dude. Yeah. And especially with your dad being who your dad is, like that accent just can't leave you. No, no. I Your dad's voice will always ring in my ear. Al Cacciatolo. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, he's already made his impact out here too. Um, I have a good buddy who, when my dad visited me at work a couple jobs ago, um, I told him all about how when he addresses me, it's always, Khan. And so he's like, what? That's crazy, dude. Khan's dad, crazy. And then he comes to visit and he hears it for the first time. And just the sheer pure happiness on his face. 
hearing that, hey, Con, where's the bathroom? Around the corner? Got it. All right. <laughs> His face just lit up. And so, yeah, man, I can't – that'll never leave me. I, I like, know you're dad and you've spent a lot of time with him, but your fucking impersonation is perfect. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. work on the rasp a little bit more. Yeah, well, I feel like – Give me a couple decades to get to his, you know, the age. I think that'll just come with age. I'll just right. start yeah. like, yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, Con. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 Some more groans in there. Yeah. That makes the authenticity. Wow. Right. And sometimes it feels like he's yelling at you, but it sounds like he's whispering. <laughs> hey, Con. Yeah, you can't go to AMC with him, you know, like you make sure you get all the popcorn, all the drinks, bathrooms used because that, that voice booms throughout the rest yeah. of the Did you just say Rodale? These fucking palm trees are getting to you. I <laughs> <laughs> know something. That guy, he loves to come out here and visit. He And you know what's great is he kind of just does his own thing. Like when I'm working, he'll come and he'll be like, yeah, you know, I'll just get a place in Venice and I just, I walk. I just walked everywhere. I walked to Beverly Hills. Me and my buddy, Butchie, we just walked in the Beverly Hills Hotel. We just, just walked right in. <laughs> they did. They just, like, they said, uh, they were like, uh, who, uh, who are you here for? Like, what, what, what room are you? And they're like, oh, I'm Mr. Zorowski. And they're like, oh, right this way, Mr. Zorowski. <laughs> yeah, just act like you belong. That's it. It's like you can get into probably half the places out here, no problem. Look confident. Those guys don't give a fuck. They'll walk back right. and check out the pool. Hey, what's going on back here? Fucking go back in the kitchen and fucking make their own sandwich. <laughs> yeah. They're they doing it all wrong. <laughs> Where's the pastrami? <laughs> hey, you got a Polish sausage back there. <laughs> the fuck is this soft green apple and fucking oh, like, we get the fuck out of here <laughs> connor you've you've seen new girl correct yes yes your dad is julius pepperwood julius pepperwood <laughs> i'm from chicago <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm, chicago. I'm from chicago i'm from chicago you want to know something i mean it goes on and on i mean the guy's occupation he's he's one of the heads of streets and sand 23rd board come on hey uh hey. oh i've been doing garbages uh i got them covered 23rd board streets and sand <laughs> <laughs> um uh, all right, so I let's get let's get got his own segment in this this is great. i know me too i'm <laughs> glad i fucking love your father yeah. Um, let's get a little bit back to comedy because that's how you, hell yeah, little bush light. Um, that's how you and I got to be so close and still stay in contact this long is just because we both have this drive, this passion to, I don't know if it's just to make people laugh, make people feel better, whatever it is within us. It's just like, let's always laugh. Let's always be fucking funny and let's walk into places yeah. and have a good time. Um, so I, I know my answer for why I started comedy and that's a completely different show and probably a completely different answer to what yours is. But like the way we grew up is like business, college, business, college. Sure. What made you take that jump and go comedy? You know, Pat, you couldn't have segued any harder I know. Uh, into that because I actually, when I was young, I'm talking six, seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, I was watching my dad's VHS tapes of when he was in improv classes in uh, down at Second City. And 
never forget those videos. Like I'll never forget my dad's line about the booze on top of the shelf. I don't know why I can't forget that. Probably because I'm an alcoholic, but here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, started with him. And then again, somewhat with the omens trend. Uh, when I went to high school, I, you know, I was mo- more of an athlete than like performer or, you know, I was like in the sports realm at that point, leaving grade school. Um, so I tried to do fall, winter, spring sports. Mm-hmm. Now, when I went to winter sports, basketball, uh, I got sick second day of tryouts, didn't go to school the next day, didn't make the team. Uh, some of the kids that made the team, I know I would have been over them, but I took that as a sign of, okay, basketball is not where it's going to be at what's going on in winter and improv club was meeting. And so I went to my first improv club meeting and honestly, the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, because from then on out, I was in it every year, president, senior year, high school, in it, which should have been every year Marquette, but that's an Evans thing that we don't need to get into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, president, senior year at Marquette. And then that just, you know, spun into now doing stand-up and, and, and now doing a show at my apartment, but we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, we will. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it started with a VHS tape way back in the day and... My dad, I believe, always wanted to do this, what I'm doing. And so I believe that I'm kind of trying to do this not only for me, but for him. So, um, you know, I just got chills. That's yeah. a, fucking, that was that's a great answer. Yeah. Like, it's really wild, but it's true because, I, you know, he's been in my corner ever since the idea of coming here came that about. That kind of segues into what I was going to say about, like, how our generation like was a little bit more lenient on it where like you could play sports and do like plays and shit at the same time. But like the only, like I told you when I met you when I was in eighth grade, I was like, you can do it. And then when I met Pat too, you two are the only two people. And I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying this, like I would have had a problem with it. Like I never did. I didn't do drama because someone would make fun of me. I just didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? Like you two don't give a shit if someone's like, Oh, you guys are going to do the play or going to do a stand up. What are you doing? That's for not dorks or whatever, but that's for like people who are, who don't play sports and right. you two are all like, fuck you guys. Like yeah. we're going to go do it. And that's, that's awesome. And I fucking praise you. We got praise you both for that. Like Whoa. if I was the roll of a tree, like I'm going to be the best fucking tree I could be. Are you kidding? Come see me be a tree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be the sickest fucking sequoia you have ever seen, bro. I'm five seven and a half, but on stage I'm like six four. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you're talking about uh, you were over some guys on the basketball team, uh, they heard you say you were five seven and a half and stuff. Yeah. Oh, they. <laughs> They saw that three-point stroke at summer camp. They, they, they knew the sickness was the only way to get me out. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think both of us can give a little credit to Zach Efron and High School Musical for giving us a little bit of confidence on that aspect. Absolutely. We, it we might sound that. super weird, but, like, dude, Zach Efron, just a hunk of a man right now. And if you can't admit that and you're a straight man, fucking grow up. Yeah, get out of here. Admit that, then I have questions about your sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Chiseled. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but he did kind of, I mean, not to say that we didn't think it was okay before, but, like, that was kind of the first time where, like, 
maybe I don't want to play basketball. Maybe I don't want to be that athlete all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I do joke about that. I think I could have gone D1 or I could have done a bunch of different things athletically. But, like, there's always something else you can find. Absolutely. And I think that's I'm so excited for, like, future generations because, like, that's never going to be a problem anymore. Absolutely. I think, too, with us, like, you know, we were, we kind of, yeah, we were playing sports and also doing that, you know, theater track or or improv track or whatever. And I think it's cool because we kind of got our friends who are probably more on the sports side. Right. Right. Got them involved and interested in it. Like, yeah, they came to see us perform, but like, then they're like, oh, this is actually like, they're kind of crushing this. Like, or like, you know, this is, this makes sense for them and this is awesome. So I think. Yeah, opening the world of like improv and comedy and, and I mean let's just say it. Sex with me is like the all time yeah. best game. <laughs> it's anybody that ever hated comedy loving comedy again because it's like everybody can get behind that. I know. Uh, that game that game just makes us fucking feel great afterwards. It's so fucking fun. Yeah. Um great. so we've we you mentioned it and I just wanna get into it because the last time you and I were together was at a Christmas show where you came back. And um, that show was electric, dude. That was probably one of, if not the biggest crowds I've ever done stand-up for. And uh, you were telling me about the Laugh Yard. Laugh Yard, yeah. So fucking tell us all about it, dude, because you told me a little bit about it, but it's such a cool idea and I love everything about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I came back Christmas and we put on a show at, at the office, uh, in Crestwood, um, and huge crowd, like huge crowd, obviously a homecoming always will draw a, a huge crowd. Um, but I didn't, I didn't even like before I came in, I wasn't anticipating how big that was. And you know, uh, problems that we had aside, uh, just such a, yeah, huge crowd that, you know, I think we may do for what we, what we had to work with. And especially to circle back to sex with me, that game crushed at the end and people couldn't get enough. So yeah, that was just such a fun show. Um, but to go back to when the laugh yard got its birth. So, um, like I said before, I lived on the East side of Hollywood my first year out here. And then after that, I moved to Fairfax district, which is basically like West Hollywood and a little South, um, happening area, uh, a lot of like cool stores, like Tyler, the creators, golf stores there, like, you know, like the LA Supreme stores there, like stuff like that. Just a cool area. Um, and we got a sick price on it. Like, I don't know what happened. Apparently like the past renter was like a Airbnb and they okay. like hated him and whatever. So we got a sick price on this awesome apartment in, in a way more expensive area. Um, and then when we got here, uh, the bonus was this backyard. We go back to our backyard and it's this like big concrete slab with like kind of like four small garages behind it. But then on it is just like a bunch of chairs, a fire pit, plants surrounding everything, like string lights hung up. And our neighbor also named Connor. So that's Connor Connor in this apartment, neighbor Connor, all on the first floor. Uh, (laughs) He's the guy, he's been here for like 10 years, set it all up. We're sitting back in the yard one day and we're talking and I'm like, man, like a comedy show would be like perfect here. 
like it's perfect. You have the string lights, you got a good like atmosphere and it's like the right amount of size. It's like, it's cozy, but it's spacious. You can fit like 80 to hundred people back there. Um, and so, yeah, that was just a thought I had one month and then maybe fast forward five, six months later and it was becoming a reality. Uh, I used, you know, connections I made out here to get, you know, chairs. Uh, I ended up just buying a mic stand, whatever. My neighbor threw in a couple things like a stool rug, you know, make it look good. And then we, uh, we just threw a show together. And at this point in my comedy journey out here, I had been doing stand up in LA for about a year Mm -hmm. and I was doing it at a show deep south of LA in Manhattan beach, but like making a lot of good connections at this show. Um, it was like, uh, com- comedians that were just starting to make it in the industry, like doing Colbert sets, like, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon sets or, you know, like late night, they were just starting to break in. Those are the kind of comics I'm running into at this show. And so I'm like, I have the connections to make, you know, a lineup to get enough people and I know I can fill the seats. Like that's something like when we would throw parties at our apartment and stuff, like we have enough people that we could pool together and, and it's, you know, it's packed. Uh, so I, I just felt like there's no reason we shouldn't be doing this. And then, you know, fast forward to us doing it first show, we did like a test show. We had like 50 people there. Um, and it was great. Electric. Uh, we got a sponsor involved. We got a dispensary out here to sponsor us. So they give us. That's yeah. kind of tight. Oh, it's, it's incredible. So, you know, we've got 10 free joints to give away, 10 free electric lighters that, you know, basically in another universe are tasers. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love those lighters, dude. Those are yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Dang. Terrible for lighting a joint, but man, you could really stun somebody. <laughs> yeah. They will um, scorch your bong rip. Oh, yeah. One of the two. It's, it's insane. Uh, so the sponsor, yeah, they hooked us up with some money for the comics, a bunch of free giveaways. So it's like all these things that I need to put the show on don't cost me much. If anything, everything that we get from the show, it's a free show. Everything we get goes towards the next show. Right. Costs very little to put the show on and it's in my backyard. That's the hardest thing about running a show in LA right now is there's a million places Well, right now is, you know, yeah. Right. Pandemic, uh, aside, to, but like today's world. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a million venues, but there's a million comedy shows. So it's like, right. you don't know what's available. Most places that are established have one already. So having us be in our backyard outdoors where it's nice out, people can smoke during the show. It's, it's just somewhere you want to be on a, on a Friday or Saturday night and cost you nothing technically. Um, but people usually do come out and give us donations because they, they appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's become something really great. And unfortunately we've only had a couple shows or I would have said we would have had a great, you know, successful 2020, but right. know, we're dealing with crazy situations. But, um, as soon as we can resume, uh, man, can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, all the, uh, the title of the show and I, it was laugh yard. And I was like, 
trying to think of like the most complex answer to why it's called that. And I should have just figured that you were having a comedy show in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Laps in the yard. Like quite actually. It's similar to Dana White's uh, fight Island. You know, you're fighting um, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing in a yard. It's I, I took two seconds and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> simple, simple. I've learned this getting a little bit older. It's simple, the better, the simpler, the better. Yeah. It's punchy, you know, people will remember that, and that's the main thing. You don't want to make it this, like, crazy title that's, like, you know, people got to take a deep breath after they say it, you know? Like, Especially yeah. if you're giving joints away for free. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, I don't know, disclaimer, I don't know if we can give those for free technically, uh, but I didn't say my sponsor's name, so it's all good. I'll make sure yeah. our lawyers are on this. <laughs> okay. I'll have yeah. uh, our people chat. Yeah, Brez, call your brother. Yeah. <laughs> we got lawyers. Um, yeah, that's fucking, that's awesome, man. I think the idea of finding it and putting it where you can at the time, um, because like you said, of course you want to do a show as often as you can, but right. with those open mics at certain places, like you're going to get there. And I, you and I have talked like, because you would get you would get to places early, put your name down, and still yeah. be skipped. Oh, absolutely. like that that shit happens all the time. And in order to like get stage time and work on your bits and work on your material, you kind of have to take matters into your own hand. You do. You absolutely do. And I'm I'm definitely fortunate, and I will say that I'm very blessed that I have this space because otherwise I would be still in that realm of going to open mics or going to that Manhattan beach show. And just, that's my only place I'm doing comedy or, you know, very few places I've been able to do comedy, but now having my own thing, like just the amount of freedom that gives me and, and how I want to craft the show. And, and the goal is to create enough buzz because we're in a good location and we have great space and there's somewhat of an exclusivity factor to it because there isn't, uh, you know, endless, yeah. space. there is only a finite amount of space. Uh, I really think if we can get a full year of just having a show monthly, the goal is to have it monthly. Once the weather's right, I know you say, Hey Connor, it's LA, go fuck yourself. And I go, Hey, LA people still don't want to come out in 50 degrees, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the goal is to kind of create that buzz, get, you know, a handful of monthly shows going and you know, the connections we make with comedy or with comedians, I should say, um, the lineup should be pretty straightforward to put together. And, and I know, Pat, you know what that's about. You know, you meet mm -hmm. new comics and then you're just address book of your contact book of comics. Just right. never stops. Right. Um, and yeah, and that's, that's, cool. that's kind of the only reason I currently still have Facebook. Mm. Like, is because that's kind of the only place comedians, like you're not going to give a random comedian your phone number. Like that's not, Right. something that just happens like yeah take down my phone number call me literally anytime that's You're not my social also yeah i was about to say you want my, like my ssid too Dude, we hooked up on linkedin the guy's hilarious yeah <laughs> but i mean you just you kind of look at it from a different perspective of like all right like do we do our comedy materials mix do they not it doesn't really matter at that point it's like do we have the like mind and kind of want to get the same thing of like, let's get a show. Let's get as much time on stage. 
saying these terrible first time jokes or <laughs> rehearsing these good jokes that could yeah. be great. And so it's such a cool thing. Like that's what people who don't do comedy don't understand. It's like, it doesn't matter where or when. And like, if the set goes poorly, like it, that's it. You had the set, you had it. You did the set. You can reflect on what happened during that set. Your crowd work failed. Your crowd work was amazing. Or right. you practiced over and over and over. You fucked it up. Go, you know, go figure. Uh, yeah, it's over and done with. And you can reflect, you know, especially if you record it too. Like you can right. produce what to do the rest of the way. But there's something special about doing stand-up comedy with a live audience right in front of you. I'm kind of like rolling into this whole point of I have not been a huge uh, fan of the virtual shows. I think that it's just not the medium for yeah. it. Yeah. I don't want to say that I'm like this sorry Sally, like, oh, well, you know, he's just not trying. I just like, I've seen these Zooms go to, go to shit. I've seen it happen. And I just don't, I don't want to put in all this work to then have it all screw up because of a hacker in India or a hacker across in Russia or something right. like that. Act right. in, put up kitty porn on our screen. It's just like not happening. Or just the simple sorry, the sim on. or just the simple thing of like you're about to hit a fucking punchline and just yeah, and then the next thing you know right, spirit right. guide. And then yeah. like, <laughs> the delayed yeah, laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, like, coming from a guy who I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's such a timing medium that it's like any discrepancy in the timing could throw it off. It, uh -huh. it, it, yeah, it's that sensitive. Coming from a guy who doesn't do stand up, never could because I just st the stage fright. I don't want to talk about it, but um, <laughs> delirious. I didn't even see it in person, but by Eddie Murphy, his body movement and the way that he, when you can visualize him moving around the crowd and hearing the crowd has to be something that energizes you or on the opposite end of it, you see that, Hey, this is not, I mean, it may, it's probably not busting, but, I got to change some things up right now. People don't understand that. Like you can't just sit down and like listen to a stand up. It won't, it's just not the same. People don't understand right. that the body movement, facial expressions and what you're doing. It's not just talking. It's not just telling jokes. That's why people are like, Oh, you're funny. You should do stand up. No, that's not, that's not right. how it works. It doesn't people always work. That I'm funny all the time. But if I got up <laughs> and did a stand up, they would think I'm funny for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah like seriously though it's it's so true like i i'm the first person that could probably you know give me a group of people and i we can have a great conversation but you get me on stage i can't do crowd work right now like i is a, is a difficult thing for me to do um so it doesn't always correlate like that it, it's really weird how how that works but you're so right yeah it's it's a complete curveball stepping on stage each and every time because the last set doesn't matter anymore. The set you're planning to do tomorrow or next week doesn't matter anymore. You get mm -hmm. put on stage, you say your first joke, and you open with it for a reason because it rarely doesn't get a laugh. And then if it doesn't, you're like, oh, I'm not funny. I, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I chose the wrong career path. Like, oh, fuck, I should have just gotten a finance degree. 
Yeah, I'm having an existential crisis mid-show. Yeah, right. Even when it's like guys that are humongous, like they think that they do one one fucking show and that's what they put on the Netflix special. No, they go on tour for a whole year and they pick their best show. Right. Even the best guys have shows that they're like, oh, I don't want to choose this one. I want to go with the next one. Yeah. That also has a little transition for me as with uh, going to a lot of shows. When you're a DJ, you open up with your best show. I mean, your best song. And I heard that there may be a DJ on this show right now. Oh, I can speak. Oh, oh boy, can I speak to that. Yo, DJ Tolo here in the mix. Uh, you got to lead with something to get the audience, you know, with you. Because if not, they're going to leave and go to the other stage and go to, you know, Excision at 8 p.m. or some mm-hmm. shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> Excision, greatest live show I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Man, wild, wild stuff. Take me back, 2012. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, we're, if you're going back to 2012, can I come in? <laughs> yeah, take me with you, please. I got some changes to make, bro. I, I don't. I don't have. Fine. I don't have any changes to make with 2012. I just want to stay in it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm with you. Uh, but it's so true, though. Yeah, like uh, DJ and comedy, very similar things. Very similar things. Uh, DJ chasing different things, but we don't need to get into that now. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, uh, DJ Tolo still lives out here in California. Uh, so for whoever doesn't know who DJ Tolo is, basically this was an alter ego I had at Marquette, which I started getting into DJing freshman year with one of my roommates, Steve Nickerson. Uh, you know, he had the board. He had the situation. He knew how to get the free torrent download. Uh and he gave it all to me, and then I just kind of went to town because I've always felt that I'm a kind of a music mind that doesn't play an instrument. I used to play the sax back in grade school, but that, you know. Sexy sax. Yeah, the sexy sax. I played tenor and alto, and then I just stopped playing uh, when I went to high school. Uh, but I've always kind of had like a musical mind. So once I got back, you know, freshman year, started doing this, I'm like, whoa, this is, this is awesome. And that turned into me like doing parties and like Rene Rowe courtyard, 300 people like all blacked on a Friday night at Marquette. Uh, just a lot of fun. I even did a couple shows. I did one in Milwaukee at the Hilton for uh, one of my buddies frats from U of I that came up there to do their formal, did that show, went down to U of I to do a couple shows. Uh, it, it was just something fun for me to do on the side. And then I got better equipment as I graduated college just due to sheer a friend selling it for very cheap. And so I bought it just to have, and you know, I've had a few opportunities to do it out here, a couple parties. I've done a couple work events. Uh, and I've recently done, uh, the haircut set, which, uh, was the blast for me. Hilarious. So the, the haircut set is, Basically, in this pandemic, we've been dealing with, you know, what works with this medium of virtual whatever, virtual chat, virtual everything, what works. Right now, DJ sets work, you know, live stream DJ sets work. So uh, at the beginning of this pandemic, I tried to get some sort of, you know, donation charity situation mixed in with my DJing, mixed in with, wow, I really need a haircut. Uh, and so I got a haircut while I mixed for about two and a half hours. And I got a mullet haircut with some racing stripes on the side. And we raised over uh, 500 
25 bucks, 527 to be exact. Uh, oh, yeah. It's good yeah. shit. Yeah, for uh, St. Blaze. Of course, I picked St. Blaze. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, the St. Blaze Food Pantry of Southwest Chicago. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was a blast. I really had a good time with that. You hear that on the surface and people are like, oh, $525. They're like, oh, that's great. But like, you know, you see the sets and there's a ton of money. This guy was getting his fucking haircut and mixing. $525 (laughs) is 525 times what anybody else would get. Yeah, (laughs) that's true facts. True facts. And, and, you know, it was really tough for me because I'm very animated character when I DJ, I like to really get into oh, yeah. it. Yeah. And so to having to stay still with a blade being like <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, it was very difficult to stay still. Uh, but I, I had such a good time. I plan on actually doing a, a second one coming up pretty soon uh, yeah. because my hair is getting very long and you know, why not? Let's raise some more money. We're having a yeah. very bad second wave here in California. So, uh, you know, why not? And so I, yeah, I think if you want to check it out, you go to, here's a shameless plug, haircutset.com. My crazy ass bought the domain to haircutset.com. And, uh, you can check out the full haircut set there with the Spotify, yeah, Spotify Ooh, playlist, uh, with every song played that night. And also a link to my Venmo. If you want to throw me some donations. Big time. Dude, you can make a spin off of that. Like, that's a sweet idea. Right? It's, it's you yeah. know, I, that was the thing. I saw all these DJs doing their normal, like, virtual sets and everything. Yeah, great. Green screen behind them and all that. And it's like, what's something someone's not doing right now? And uh, haircut set was one of them. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty successful. I will say somebody did outdo me in Britain. Uh, check him out. His name is Suat, S-U-A-T. This guy, he has a like a strap on DJ set that has like a phone connected to it, live streaming. And he goes hiking and he DJs while he hikes. And he hikes throughout like his little town in Britain and goes into the stores and he's just like saying hey to people. And this happened two days after my haircut set. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I can stole your idea. fuck, I am so not special anymore. <laughs> that is buku butt cheeks, though. Like, yeah. who thinks like, hike around their neighborhood while DJ? Like, that's so much stress on your neck. Like, you're holding yeah. up a giant metal table thing. Oh, fuck. I can't hard enough. Fuck. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I think there's something to say about these kind of unorthodox ways to bring awareness to, uh, you know, our current situation. And just like there's ways to utilize your talents and and skills that you, you, you know, there's ways. People are all sitting around looking for something to do. You know, you can innovate. There's a way. Kind of brings me back to what we were talking about earlier about how don't be scared to be creative, dude. Like, just don't care. Who cares what people say? If you have a creative way to fucking go and raise money and do something positive. I mean, everybody says the same thing over and over again. Everything's so negative right now. Everything's so negative. Like we're trying to do is washed up, change the fucking narrative. Go yeah. do something different. Go get your fucking haircut and DJ. Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, like, 
take two problems and make them a solution. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> exactly. That was so, a great correlation, Brady. That's a good comparison. Um, I mean, it's it's tough, honestly, to just to for a bunch of people to stay positive these days. No doubt. And but at the same time, at some points, like like we were talking even before we started this episode, like sometimes it overwhelms you with like what's going on and everything, and then you gotta you gotta turn your own switch. No one's gonna make you like put that positive spin on something you're the only one that can do it and if you can find a way to include people and kind of let people escape for an hour 20 minutes a a podcast episode like whatever it can be why not fucking try it be unrealistically realistic and be smart about it by saying be positive doesn't mean hey, I'm going to go out and not wear a mask and be like, oh, everything's going to be okay. No, there's this shit's going to be around. But don't be don't be so fucking uh, – um, I can't find the word. But, like, don't be so ignorant to the fact. Find, find an outlet to be creative. Don't be like, oh, we're going to be positive and go live our regular life and be positive about it. No, this shit's still going to be around. But you can find other ways to do things that can help other people out. Totally. And, you know, and, and there's, you know, it's not to say there's a side of seeing this of like, you know, hey, you don't have to be doing something every single day. Like, I get that. Like the motivation, it comes in waves. But right. at least have that mindset of like, I actually, you know, this is something I'm trying to achieve. This is something I'm trying to I get I could probably try and pull off in this pandemic somehow. How can we do this this way now? Um, there's a way. Uh, I just think, yeah, there's especially, you know, everyone's looking for something to do and we have the time to do it unless you're working which congratulations that's great (laughs) Uh, but but yeah yeah i think i think we can definitely this is an opportunity look at this pandemic as an opportunity i mean geez i even invested in stocks but that's a whole (laughs) nother oh that's fucking funny um, well, we're kind of, we're running a little long, but let's, uh, let's change com- gears completely. Um, we've got some sports coming up. Yeah. And Brady, you're going to be completely on the underwhelming side of this argument, but Connor, where are you thinking the Cubs and the Sox end up this year? Oh, this is so tough. Uh, as a diehard Sox fan, Cub hater, I'm obviously going to say the White Sox. But I do think it's going to be closer than we think. Uh, obviously, with the COVID concerns, some players might not be playing. We, Sox already down Michael Kopech for this year. Uh, it's a big deal because pitching was their weakness, mm-hmm. or their, their outright weakness from last year. So um, I'm very high on the White Sox, but you know, still a little bit hesitant to say like they're going to turn the corner that they're not they're not there yet considering with all these pandemic issues um i think it'll be close though i do think it'll be close because i think their offense will play oh here we go brady i I, (laughs) give it to me baby what do you got i've been talking about how you got all the bag of tricks and praising you and i'm not mad at you i just feel bad for you oh here we go (laughs) well hey it's okay I don't know if you saw Luis Robert hit a home run off of his knee yesterday, Brady, on what was like a nasty curveball. Yeah, he hit it 500 feet off the guy that fucking Kopech was supposed to pitch for. So that's a good sign. Rodon? Rodon is remarkably average. He's like Jose Quintana. 
Exactly, and you're supposed to replace him with someone who throws 105, but he's not showing up for reasons. What did you give us? Speculate on. You gave us Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for the equivalent of Carlos Rodon. I don't want to get into Jose Quintana right now because I don't speculate and I don't assume things. But, um, I think he hurt his hand washing dishes, which is fucking embarrassing. But listen, I'm not getting into it. But all I will say is that I went through the struggle of watching the Cubs stink and having the false hopes, and I'm just trying to give you guys a fucking fair warning. It blows when you yeah. fucking put it when you put your Expectations up here, and they end up down here. Oh, I, I, I understand. I, I Believe me, I remember was it two years ago when we had that unbelievable first month, and we're like, oh, man, this is the year. We turned oh, the socks are back. Yeah. Socks are back, and then just, ooh. You guys don't understand, though. Like, I, I could firmly believe that the Cubs are going to beat the White Sox this year every single game, even though I know, like, logistically, they probably won't. They're probably even. But until you guys win another World Series, I have bragging rights until that day. All I'm going to say is you have it to – Our defense. I mean, you saw Yerman Mercedes, okay? This guy flattened his body out, dove, caught something at third base. Yerman Mercedes playing third base. That's our backup, all right? That's our backup. Fair enough, but I have one last question for all three of you Sox fans. Um, who did they beat in the World Series? Astros. Astros. And Astros. I, I, I seriously don't know. I haven't been on social media or watching. <laughs> I seriously don't know. I just heard some things about how they may or may not have cheated. I don't know. I really don't. It's just what oh. I've no way. You're trying to say that the 05 oh, – oh, Listen, I said before you said anything, I'm not trying to say anything. I got it. I got you. I got you. Sports Center app. I haven't heard millions of stories about how they have been cheating, were cheating. I don't know about any of it. I'm but here, here, here you go, Brady. The White Sox, the 2005 White Sox, were statistically the worst team that has ever won a World Series. But we won the World Series. We got hot <laughs> – we lost one game in the whole postseason. If you want to talk about one team that might have cheated two years ago and you want to bring it back to 2005 and say that they also might have been cheating then, but when we only lost one game when postseason comes around, then that's a dumb argument, my friend. All I'm saying is that losing one game in the playoffs is pretty incredible. A little sketchy to me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean. A little sketchy. Not cheating. Yeah, he's a little bit right on that one. Mark Curley was drunk and he won a game. Yeah, so how's that cheating? I don't know. I actually kind of <laughs> I kind of just ruined my point. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Wade or not Wade Boggs. Who was it that threw the pitch like through the complete like Tadahito Aguchi. <laughs> no, some guy threw a perfect game, and he was literally on two tabs of acid. That's right. Oh. Yes, that's right. Uh, who was that? It wasn't Wade Boggs. It, Derek uh, Rose. Pitcher for the Pirates. Derek Rose. <laughs> Derek Rose. My boy, dude. No, um, fuck. What was his name? God damn it. Like, it. The MLB refuses to release. Yes. Doc the MLB Ellis. refuses to release the film because they're like – 
He was on fucking LSD. Who cares? It's a perfect fucking game. Yeah, they, have, they can't release the film because he was one of the patients that they were testing LSD on to see if they could have mind control. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about how Doc Ellis, there's a little piece of us in Doc Ellis where we like do some shit and then we're like, oh, fuck, I have that tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck, it's today. Yeah. Literally dropping LSD before fucking Major League Baseball game. I thought it yeah. was a night game. Ah. Shit. Oh, <laughs> what did so I forget? Cool. I thought we were playing at Pacific Coastal time. Yeah, what's going on here? Nine o'clock, Oakland. What's happening? <laughs> oh, Welcome, everybody. <laughs> well, Connor, I hate to stop it here because we could obviously go for four more hours, but that just means uh-huh. we get to have you on again and we get to keep these conversations going as often as we want because we're not doing shit else. All right. Hey. But <laughs> See you next Monday. Yeah. Uh, Connor's going to be a weekly guest every Monday coming in with his hot takes, his spicy takes, and his even hotter face. Um, But, dude, it was honestly so – one, one, it was just so great to see you. You look great. You look well. Likewise. Thank you. you. Yeah. We we hope you stay safe out there. Um, And when the Laugh Yard LA comes back, I hope you got a spot for me because I'll come out and kiss you right on that little mouth of yours. Uh, dude, you tell me when you're coming out and we'll plan it for that Saturday. It's done. <laughs> it's done. I know a guy that runs it. Hell yeah, baby. That uh, That's my favorite joke all the time. <laughs> when, I, when I'm doing the show, they're like, can I, you mind if I go up first and be like, don't worry. I know the guy who runs it. I know the guy. Yeah. Let me talk yeah. to the guy. Let me, get, let me just see if <laughs> you go have a shot at the bar. For you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me go talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it's good to see you. Good. Uh, hope everything stays well, of course. And uh, say your goodbyes, man, because this is it. Yeah, man. No, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. It's been a, been a pleasure to see you and talk to you uh, in a somewhat sober setting. I mean, geez, I remember that one FaceTime we had that was like three hours long at 2 a.m., <laughs> at the parking garage so this has been quite a delight uh for normal normal hours uh but yeah dude thanks for having me on it's been great to see you guys and as well as you two clowns too because i haven't seen you guys since one of the tuesdays and yeah let's just say the sky lost that game yeah happy tuesday (laughs) happy tuesday happy sky game yeah Connor, connor thank you again man um ladies and gentlemen this concludes episode 14 of washed up um, we hope you had a good time. We hope you're staying safe and just fucking put on a mask. Dude. Yeah, wear the goddamn mask. It's not so fucking difficult. Like, just put the goddamn mask over your mouth. Have a great day. Stay safe. Peace, love, and blessings. Brady, what team we root for? The Bulls. Go Bulls. Peace, love, and happiness, everybody. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Oh my god, I think I'm gonna get the catheter for her for next fucking episode. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets ripped, it gets yanked out, bro. So you feel it in your balls and your shaft and the head. It is unpleasant, bro. We're still recording, right? Okay, good.
Shot City, <laughs> come on and ride with me. Get high and catch a vibe with me. This music that make you feel good. Do it for the real ones. Do it while I still can. This is for the real fans. We're singing along with the set of light shows. I know, I ain't so fly, don't you? Think so too. Shorty trying to come through to kick it like kung fu. On the blood cruise with the sunroof open. I'm the one who everybody love. Everybody wanna be like me. I cha cha real smooth. Do 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 do. I break rules and race roofs. Sip great goose with great juice. I make moves and I make the music and hang loose, homie. Fall back like I down. I mean, God, I don't know if I would want to feel that slowly, though. You know, it's like, oh, it's, it's not slow. The guy was like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Holy shit, man.